1: black girls day this is our second time doing this because glenn's mic wasn't plugged in but i, I am so glad to be joined by <laughs> chelsea pinky that's it oh wow
2: <laughs> you see how she does me y'all mad disrespectful
1: i gotta do my intro over again i can't tell the same joke because it's not gonna land like i would i would have
2: taken, taken the joke again no no it's just, no it doesn't work well you you rebounded well you're good on on your toes that was good that was cute too Um, on
0: your twinkle toes
2: (laughs) on red or reply what's popping y'all gosh what's going on shada you're sick are you leaving that on red
1: no actually um yeah i'll jump in on the on red or replies because i have been feeling like i want to get back to speaking to like current events or like things that are really like grinding my gears and not just like, I'm sick, <laughs> even though that, you know, sometimes it'd be like that. Um But I'm going to start with my reply, which is that I'm officially like announced. Everyone knows that I'm starting a new job. Yes. Uh, at work. How did that go? It actually went really well. Um And, I'll talk more about like details of the conversation on Patreon. But like it was received really well. And like it made me realize how much people fuck with me at my job because everyone was like, oh, my God, no. Oh, my God. Like even Yay. my brands were like, we're going to miss you so much. And like I already have people from my brands like adding me on LinkedIn. So I'm like, yes, let's keep the Rolodex stacked. Um, so that's been to you. And- yeah, I'm ready to just go on to the next step. It's kind of wild. Like this year I'll be 30. And so I'm just trying to do boss things, And it, it's aligning very well. You know, if you know me, I'm a planner. So it's just aligning very nicely with the game plan. Um, what I'm going to leave on red is Joe Biden and his student loan false promises. <laughs> so they did push out when student loans will be due again to like August. Thanks.
2: Just like two months. Like,
1: <laughs> I feel like so much of what he ran on was around like canceling student debt and like helping everybody get out of debt. And yesterday, oh, I don't have my phone nearby. I'll try to put it in the show notes or I'll like post about it on IG. Um, but there is like a whole kind of like organization around um debt relief and like getting basically Joe Biden to just like sign whatever he needs to sign to waive the student debt and There's a lot of testimonies of people on there who talk about with like how bad the interest is. Like they'll be like, I had 25,000 in debt. I paid 23,000. I still owe 15,000 just because of like how much interest Mm -hmm. there was like on their loans. Um, There's doctors on there. Like I'm in debt to save your life. Like just things that you like, it's really fucked. There are people who have been paying student loans since they graduated. So let's say they're 22, 23 and they're like based off of like when I will get out of debt, I'll be 67. Like it's crazy. Um, And, you know, there are states that are moving towards, like, having free public education. I want to say New Mexico um, just announced that they'll be providing free free public education at the, like, college, university level. But I think we just have to do better. Like, we don't – and, wow, it kind of aligns with, like, us talking about finances and stuff this month. Like, you just can't expect, like, our – generation to be able to do like anything, like all these things that simulate our economy, such as like buying homes and like starting families when we're in crippling debt. Um, there was another really cool post on this page. I was like deep in this page where they showed um, different people in politics, like congressmen, and women, even Kamala Harris, like what they paid for tuition when they went to school, what that would have equated to in dollars today and like how much the tuition is now. So I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it would be like Kamala maybe paid like 10K to go to school in today's day and age. Let's say that's 12 to 15. Now it's 25,000, 26,000. So like these people who are like-
0: 25, my school was like 60 a year.
1: I know, it's crazy. It's crazy. And right, exactly. And these these aren't even high numbers. And also maybe that's per um, semester. But Mm. ultimately to say that- The people who are even like voting on this and having these conversations or like the generations prior to us, like they just didn't even have any concepts of how expensive it is to go to school. Like, even if you translate those numbers into like modern day numbers, it's not even close. So it's just abysmal and unfortunate. I don't even have that much student loan debt. And I'm over here like.
2: I think I'm literally never paying it. Yeah, it's really it's very troubling, especially after we're still in the midst of this pandemic. But for them to not make moves on this, how Everybody has been set back so many steps because of this pandemic is very troubling. We're going to be in a bad place because of this. It's, that's
1: Some people's student loan payments are like $500,000 a month. Like, so having that like relieved from what you have to pay each month, like in your budget, and then it's just going to like appear and come back. It's really unfortunate.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm going to reply to this series on TikTok called Thanks Candace Banks. It's so fucking entertaining. You already did this one. Did I do this? <laughs> yes. I thought but I did, did sh- Black girl, shout her out again. Well, it came back for a second season. Mm-hmm. So shout out to the, to her. Check it out. Um, I had a feeling I did this. And then I also want to reply to Christian Smalls, who led the Amazon unionizing initiative. Yes. So Amazon workers at a Staten Island warehouse voted to unionize. It's the first time that that's ever happened at one of the company's U.S. facilities. So now the Amazon labor union is a new organization that ha- that gets to work on negotiating co- and has like power to collectively bargain um, and make agreements with Amazon. But there's, there's some interesting discourse around Chris who like led this initiative. I saw a friend of the show had posted like a tweet that people were saying, like the fact that Chris Smalls led this union in, um, in a rag and tim's is amazing da, 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 da. and her reply was like why are we so fixated on her reply was kind of like why are we so fixated on the rag in general which i could get into that i feel like i've talked about that on the show myself before miss bonnet <laughs> but um i saw that there was this memo that was leaked That from an an internal Amazon memo where they wrote that Chris is not smart or articulate and that basically he couldn't be the face of this movement um, and that they that the internal like the Amazon comes from a bunch, a much stronger PR position because he couldn't represent anything, which is so disgusting.
1: came from an internal Amazon message, but he's leading. And he did it. So, yeah, I'm like, but it's already done.
2: And What? This was, par- this was prior, sorry. Like, this was in the, mi- in the midst of him trying to do this negotiation. But, but
1: why are- would anyone internally from Amazon even, like, have commentary around them unionizing? Like, that's something they wouldn't want them to do anyways.
2: You mean,
0: like, the other... higher-ups, AM-
2: correct. Not the people that work at the factory. Like, the board, the higher-ups, the people that sit Who at their computer. Who cares what they have to
0: say?
1: They're not concerned about a union anyways. <laughs> eh
2: anyway i'll just say that people are really fixated on this man's style and it's really interesting there's a whole article in the new york times christian smalls is leading the labor movement in sweats and sneakers it's fascinating to me how people get so into this what does it matter what does it matter it's racist
1: i'm calling it right now because if that was a white man wouldn't nobody making no fucking articles about that
2: or the fact that half of their
0: white people led unions are of fucking murderers and mob tie people do you guys see the last the irishman
2: yeah no but yeah he said people write in his comments all the time and say that he can't be taken seriously because of the way that he dresses and that he's going to continue dressing like he dresses because that's the way that he dresses but he also wants people to understand that it's not about how he looks it's the work that he's putting in absolutely yeah i don't know i think there's also something to the point of that earlier tweet that this girl posted he looks like People that we know. That's it. And he, and I think he represents a class of people that like he's he's he. I think he stands in the fact that he's like a working class person, but also anybody could dress how they want to dress. Do you know what I'm saying? Anybody like he, could
0: dress how they want to dress, but like he works in a he works in the factory, right? Correct. Right. So they so he's want be to wearing be like boot. in a suit, right. or Like he's in the factory. He's supposed right. To be I'm like he can't come
1: and change into the suit yeah, for socially? the
0: rally. A, a safe steel toe boot. Correct. Like, what? I, it seems pretty, makes
2: perfect sense to me that he'd be dressed that way. He would, and that he would just represent his, his style however he wants to. It's yeah, I functional to a bit and fashionable. Of
0: my, this is not the red carpet at the Oscars. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> Which is, he probably looked better than half them people because if you listen to the Patreon, we read them for filth, but. Not sweetie. <laughs> okay. Sweet I had to. Crazy. I had to check my own, maybe like, massage noir because if there was a woman, a black woman doing that in a bonnet, I might be like, not the bonnet,
2: sis. I mean, she, like don't think she would have the bonnet on. Right, I'm like, give a do rag. but you can wear, uh, so you can wear do rags outside. I guess you can wear bonnets You're outside, outside. Too. You wear bonnets outside. I told uh, Chelsea on the side, I flew in a scarf. <laughs> I thought it was a bonnet. It wasn't a bonnet. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? It's fucking raining outside. This flight is at a random time on a Sunday.
3: The girls are. The girls I just are starting my hair
2: uh-huh. and i'm putting i put my fucking scarf on and I went on raining
1: place. you're trying to conserve a your little sewing which you leave out
2: that's true yeah you got
0: know, you, know, you got you got you good you on know,
2: it. i really
0: like, yeah. just want black people to just be like just like while out like just do whatever you want just <laughs> because like i feel like we're just like oh, we have to do this. The white people are watching us. We have to do this. The white yeah. people are watching us. Let's just fucking wild out. I'm about to go to my pool, blast some DMX, scream, act crazy, and what you gonna do about it? Period. Hang on, to go to police. The record, <laughs> right. <this man>, going <laughs> like, Smalls. she doesn't live here. <laughs> Show your ID, ma'am.
2: <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm just looking at pictures of this man. He, First of all, he's fly as hell. First of all, he actually I is like a fly. It, it's actually... Kind of sexy. Wait, what's his name? <laughs> Christian Smalls. He's kind of fine. Actually, I want to see if we could get him on the show. Okay. Um, but, like, would be great. it's it, it, if you look at the group of people that are around him, I'm watching this, I'm looking at this article on the New York Times. Everybody is, you're going to a march, you're rallying. What are you expecting? I don't know. It's just really crazy. And he is who he is. He's standing in himself and his identity, how he dresses. And he wants a black and man to come in in a damn topic. suit
1: and tie. It's
2: foolish. Okay. no and then they would gonna...
1: still have something to say so yeah. he should go in there with a shirt that says suck my dick
2: <laughs> okay <laughs> last thing on this i guess none of these were i mean this is just a topic related what did y'all think of um the grammy saying virgil was a hip-hop designer hip-hop uh, designer
0: i was wondering if they only said that to tie him into music because it's the grammys like you know it's not the cfda like you know, why would they be honoring a designer? I don't know if they, they've they done that in the past or right. if he specifically was being honored because he has, like, a tie to many hip-hop artists. Like, right. he's Virgil has designed, like, not just clothes, but, like, many of our favorite album covers, for example. Like, so he... True, I forgot albums. about his album
2: cover work.
0: Yeah, so maybe it was his tie to music?
2: They could have said designer, cultural, arbiter, you know, taste maker. Oh. Oh. Somebody oh. said arbiter today. All of that? <laughs> so no, in my head.
0: Hey, whoa, Glenn, what the? Can you say hearing about
2: arbiter? Yeah. Can you give
0: me a definition?
2: I've I'm like, did that I that even way. use that word correctly, child? I don't yeah, know. yeah, I'm like, maybe. <laughs> I exactly right? I, I, I did. Stop but you know, legit. I think it could have just said cultural, taste maker. I don't know. It could have said a bunch of things. Like, he did a whole bunch of things. That was the it thing. could have just said artist. Artists. Him.
0: To be honest, he's an how artist. said
2: It's
0: true. I'm replying to the fact that we have some family coming in. I'm very excited. Um, since we now have a guest bedroom, they'll be staying with us, which we've never really had that before. Um, so I'm excited about that. We have a whole little itinerary planned, which is so funny how men and women are different. I, okay, let me not say that. I don't want to stereotype and get called out on the YouTube. Since you guys love leaving little comments, um some people plan and some people don't. I tend to believe that masculine energy is less plany, feminine energy is more plany. So my partner's like, "We don't need to put anything together." And I'm like, "Yes, we do. <laughs> like we need an itinerary." So we have an itinerary. And of course, his mom is like, "Yay, I love the itinerary <laughs> because like you came to visit, you deserve an itinerary." But anyway, so I'm excited about that. And then I don't know if I'm leaving it on red or replying to it because I honestly don't have that much information on it. And I hate coming on here, talking about something that I read and research, but y'all heard about the um, Black Lives Matter. They spent $6 million. The a founders, home. the three fil- founders spent yeah. $6 million on a home. Yeah, I did hear about that. What do you feel about that?
1: Okay, wait, wait. I know you said you don't know as much about it, but was it like they're all going to be in a home together or they each got a $6 million home? Here, we oh. can do some quick Googles. According to this article, um, the group's Umbrella Foundation bought a luxe $6 million home in Studio City and then attempted to hide the purchase from the public. I believe this is alleged. Um, and the property was purchased the same month that the organization received an infusion of $66.5 million from its fiscal sponsor, who was distributing donations by thousands of if not millions of people. Um, so it doesn't seem like they purchase multiple homes. It seems like there's just this one home.
2: Here's for another What thing. though?
1: I'm unclear.
2: So I was listening to um, an episode of um, For Colored Nerds. They interviewed this dude. Um, hold on, what's his name? There's this piece in New York Magazine called The Rise and Rupture of Campaign Zero. Um, written by Ernest Owens and it's about D-Ray McKesson and how I don't I'd listen to the episode Loki, key it was kind of hard to follow and um, I gotta read the article but it seems like D-Ray was up to some some interesting stuff too you know D-Ray is the one with the vest the blue vest right. but he came out of like the Black Lives Matter thing I believe and they created this offshoot but something that the guy was talking about in the interview was that people get like the heads of the of Black Lives Matter that we see like publicly confused with all these like gra- uh, grassroots movements there's like lots of different sectors of Black Lives Matter that are like not all connected or something. So people start to look at the whole organization, the whole movement as like being affiliated with these decisions that these people are making. So yeah. I think that's one thing. Like, And people try to like undercut the org and the mission at large, but there's like lots of different parts. But also yeah, to I, your point, Chelsea, I was just gonna add, I've heard people say the same thing. Like if these people are out here like genuinely trying to do this work they can't um they they can't live in nice places. <laughs> right. They don't deserve well, to live in nice places. Not if the, but, uh, not not six if the that's funds
1: are like no, it's not even about that. But I'm just like if the funds were intended for like donations for other things, that's what I want to get clear on. Like, mm-hmm. like within their organization. If they are a nonprofit, then I'm assuming like no one is making a profit from these funds. So it doesn't go to anyone directly. So it's like used towards more things for the organization. So like, is the house now An a office space, space where they meet? Space. Right, 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 right. And then if it's six months, I don't give a fuck. Do you know what these fucking, you know, what's me doing? I was about to say the okay. C word, the C word.
0: <laughs> I also wonder. Oh, what you were saying, Glenn. It made me think of all, like, the amount of people that I'm seeing writing things like, see, this is why I never supported the Black Lives Matter Exactly. Movement. I knew it was bullshit from the start. And these are obviously so alabaster teens. queens and kings. Saying <laughs> things like this. Like, yeah, I knew it was a scam. Ain't no such thing as Black Lives Matter movement. Nah, 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 nah. And I'm like, you guys just, you were waiting was for it. They waiting reason.
2: for this moment. They <laughs> but were waiting. Like, also,
1: let's list out so many white owned organizations that are pure scams i'll go first the u.s government
0: um i mean and i wouldn't say that they're scams (laughs) but like i used to do a lot of volunteer work with operation smile it's i don't do not believe operation smile is a scam but they obviously had money to do things like send us to summer camp like all the operation smile volunteers like it was a fun ass summer camp we did and yes we did some work but, like, there was also a lot of fun that I'm sure was expensive. So, I mean, funds are split up how they're split
1: up. And we know that, like, mm-hmm. people love a cute tax write-up. So.
0: Do. The donations will be made. But admittedly, I didn't do that much research on this. So maybe we could talk about it next yeah, week. Yeah, but we come back.
1: It's kind of, it's giving um, Uncle Tom for any Black folks that are, like, this is why black people can't have anything. It's like white people do this all the time. <laughs> what are you talking about? Not to say anything is right or wrong, but yeah, we, we doing. We it.
0: just have to be like perfect,
1: right? Why can't we be thieves too? Shit. Oh, God. I'm trying to write off my my sewing.
2: expensive black lives.
1: <laughs> Donald Trump was writing <laughs> off his little his little toupee. I'm trying to write off some wigs. Shit. I-
0: Hikey. <laughs> Oh, my husband just came home. You can see here what? No, I can see him driving in my driveway. (sighs) You're who? My husband. Oh, wait, I'm going to reply to that. Can I just reply? Can we rewind? Mm -hmm. I want to reply to myself because (laughs) sometimes I forget to say the nice things that I'm thinking. Like, I'll think something really nice, but I don't say it. You know, it's not necessarily like, For instance, I might think that dress looks very nice on you and I just think it and I don't necessarily say it. Or I might think, oh, you're really growing and like I could see a change in you and like you're a great friend to me and I might not say it. And I'm reminding myself that maybe sometimes you should say these things to people. So last night I just had like a little like moment and I was putting some things away and we have like these thank you cards and I basically like wrote my partner like a, a letter, and I was just like, "In case I don't thank you enough." <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, that is so cute. Yeah, and he, I put it by the door, and he like sent me this long message, and he was like, "I'm so <laughs> grateful that you wrote me that. Like that <sighs> made my day. <gasps>
2: so. That is so romantic."
0: Yeah, and
2: it's just That's like rem-
0: reminding people. I mean, even though it's like the I guess small you things. no. But like, maybe no. they forget. words of affirmation, maybe. I love it. I love that. That's super sweet. I love that. And now a word from our sponsors.
2: This episode of Black Girls Texting is sponsored by This is L. This is L is period care inspired by nature. L tampons contain organic cotton without the organic price and they have a 100% organic cotton core. L is the number one cotton brand in feminine care in the United States and I can let you know that all of our group chats are talking about it. Actually, just the other day, my homegirl came over and she saw my box of This Is L out in my bathroom and she literally screamed. And we had a nice little key about how much we love the brand and how much using it makes us feel like we're doing something good for the earth and also makes us feel good that we're not putting something in our body that can be harmful. So we definitely suggest that you check out This Is L. Go to thisisl.com and tell them that Black Girls Texting sent you.
0: Now that spring is well underway, let's swap out the winter look with a spring refresh. Our friends at Ulta Beauty recommended a few of the following must-haves. Starting with the eyes, Juvia's Place Alori 3 Eyeshadow Palette. Indulge and be intrigued with Juvia's Place Queen Series, which holds six shades in each palette. That will give you a bright and refreshed look. Next, check out Black Opal True Color Skin Perfecting Stick Foundation with SPF 15. It comes in 21 shades. This long-wearing foundation delivers full coverage with a velvety finish to define your natural features. Complete this initial spring refresh with Mented Cosmetics Lip Gloss. These lip glosses are buttery, smooth, non-sticky, and perfect for day-to-night wear. And they come in seven colors. But remember, this is only the beginning of your spring refresh, so head over to Ulta Beauty and shop now, in-store or online, for all your essential spring refresh looks. Hey, group chat. It's
3: your girl, Shade, and y'all know I am the queen of self-care, and I'm about to tell you more about how you can spring forward into the new season feeling good. This spring, I know we're all craving a getaway and some much needed time off to reconnect with ourselves. Whether you're going far away or sticking closer to home, the getaway you're dreaming of is closer than you think. Take a real spring break at European Wax Center. European Wax Center are the experts in waxing for everyone. When you visit a European Wax Center, you get the best of the best. Their certified wax specialists are expertly trained in prepping, protecting, and pampering your skin. They're going to make you feel brand new. So don't wait for summer to get away from it all and recharge. Book yourself a moment of smooth with the wax experts. They even have an online booking system that makes getting your reservation super simple and forward and an app you can use. It's the EWC app to book your waxing service. Take a real spring break and book yourself a moment of smooth at European Wax Center. Make a reservation today. Your first wax is free. And now we are back with more Black Girls Texting.
2: All right, y'all. It's time for the group chat. All right. So stepping into the group chat with us today, we have Ms. Shayna C. Johnson. She's an operational strategist who transforms businesses to maximize efficiency, scalability, and drive growth. She specializes in change management, crisis resilience, collaborative partnerships, and helping alternative investment organizations tackle operational inefficiencies. Beyond the corporate arena, Shayna is recognized for her civic engagement and passion for diversity. She is a board trustee of KIPP New Jersey, and a member of NAIC's Women and Alternatives Advisory Board, where she supports the progression of minority women in the alternatives industry through mentorship and professional development programming. Thank you for stepping into the group chat, Shaina. Thank you for having me. Yes. So just to sort of lay the foundation, can you Mm -hmm. tell us and our listeners what your title is and what your role entails in your day job?
4: Uh, so. I just got promoted.
2: Between Ooh, congrats. Congrats. congrats.
4: Thank you. I am now the executive director at GCM Grovner, and I lead our client reporting team, which manages all of the reporting for our private equity, real estate, infrastructure, uh, and now hedge fund clients, uh, all under one bucket. So I manage all of our standard client reporting, as well as support our investment teams and in pulling together the necessary reports to pitch clients for new business. Um, so my role really focuses on making sure that the firm is telling the right story to the clients around their investment portfolio with us.
2: You know, it's interesting because I didn't really start meeting people in finance until after I graduated from College, I think, and all the folks that I met in working in finance were like white boys wearing khaki pants, salmon polos, and book <laughs> shoes. And I just wonder, um, it like it kind of seems like these jobs aren't made readily available for black and brown people. Some of us don't even know that, that these are options to us for us. So what are your thoughts about that? And then how did you ultimately get into the industry? Like what drew you to
4: I it? agree with you hundred percent. The finance world is, I like to call it pale, male, and stale. <laughs> uh, and it was, for me, I got into finance coming out of New York, going to college. I got an international economics degree i was like i need to go where the money is because i have, i need money to be made uh, and so it was exactly so it was really important for me to understand finance um, my mother is an accountant uh, and we come from jamaica which is a cash country so all i wanted to do was understand how the u.s economy works and how it is i need to make money here because it's fundamentally different than anywhere else Uh, And so in having an econ degree, I did what a lot of people did from New York. Like you come back and you work on Wall Street. That's where they tell you to make the money. I hated that. Um, I did not like trading. I did not like that. Like it was very, very sharp elbows. Like just, I just didn't, I didn't like the volatility of it at all. And I stumbled into private equity through a technology position. Um, There was an analyst position at a leading technology firm that was doing partnership accounting software for private equity. I had never heard of private equity, um, but I knew accounting, I knew finance, and I knew financial reporting, and that's what they needed. And so that's what got me into it. And I started at SunGard, and now it's FIS and Trend. And I started to learn about this whole new industry, our or alternative asset class called private equity. And it was really nuanced and really niche, and people were making insane amount of money off of like really simple structures. And you only made five investments, but you made billions of dollars. Like how did that work? And so I was just really intrigued by this. And at the time when I got into it, it wasn't heavily regulated yet. People were really figuring it out, coming up with these really unique structures. And it seemed like an interesting place to be that was going to continue to grow. And I knew that not many people knew this world. And so if I could figure it out, specifically because I was really focused on middle and back office and the operational component of it I was like if I can figure this out I can really carve out a niche for myself
2: um you mentioned you're the daughter of Jamaican immigrants Mm -hmm. and you talked about sort of how that influenced your interest in like finding out where the money was but were there any other expectations placed on you growing up did your parents have any specific hopes for your career
4: be successful and get the bag and bring it home and share with everybody else. Um, but it was very much like to, for me, watching all the sacrifices that my family made to provide us with a great education, my siblings and I, and it was so important for us to be successful. It was it was imperative, and it was imperative for us to give back to them and then also be able to. Give back to our family who is still on the island who don't have these opportunities. And so that was really, really important to me to be able to do. And then it was just a level of independence that was so important for me to have. And I never wanted to need money. I didn't want that for myself. I didn't want that for my child. T- I never wanted to struggle. I watched my parents go through it and I refused. Um, and I refused to repeat that with my own child, and so I was going to make sure that we were building generational wealth. I was going to make sure I, first trust fund baby was going to be mine. I was going be- <laughs> to. <laughs> I love
2: that. We <laughs> yeah, had I
4: was. I learned that when I got to college. I was like, "What is the trust fund baby? What? How do I create one of those?" <laughs> um, and so those were just things that was just really important to me, and I knew that I could do it, and. I knew that I wasn't going to stop until I did. Uh, And so that drive and being able to take care of my parents, take care of my family, you know, be able to live comfortably was just really important for me to be able to achieve that and be able to give it to my son. A
2: thousand percent. I've been hearing people recently say that to be wealthy is more of a mindset than it is like a Mm. practice. And it made me think of that when you said you decided you never wanted to need money. What do you, what are your, what's your response to that?
4: I agree with that in terms of it's not, it's the small decisions that you make that help to create wealth. Right. So I take, for example, um, I sit on the board of a newly launching fund and it's really easy to say, you know, pay me my board fees in cash. That's all I want is the cash. What I decided to do a little bit differently is for my first year, you pay me my board seat in cash because still need my coins to make sure that we're solid. (laughs) Um, But in the next year, I want to get paid in equity. I want to get paid in, in profits of the actual fund. And that's going to be carved into a trust for my son. And so a lot of people just say, Give me my money, give me my money right now. I just want the coins. Well, let's think of the long term game here. Right. And so sometimes you have to think about money a little bit differently to elongate its opportunity for you. Uh, and so that's why I, that's what I think about in that example. Like it's a mindset shift.
0: What are some of those avenues? <laughs>
4: so I will definitely say that. And this also comes from the lens of being a mom. Like, I looked at how do I invest on behalf of my son as much as I can, like outside of just a savings account? So, how do I get him a brokerage account? Or, you know, how do I look at investing in real estate, investing in my own industry and private equity, um, finding different investment avenues to put my money, um, and also just looking for different ways to. Create opportunities as I'm in mean, for the money to make money on itself. So, when I think about my board seats and my participation, it's okay, I have a board seat that gets paid, I have a nonprofit board seat, but what is that giving me? That's giving me opportunities and access to people. And so, leveraging that, right? Uh, and so, I look at different ways to create networks and creating networks of people who are like minded in that. So that they can let me know about the things I don't know about Uh, and finding different ways to build up my arsenal of knowledge around it um, and then access to it so I can continue to leverage it as as it comes.
1: This is going to sound so crazy, but I just binge watched this series called cocaine cowboys Mm -hmm. and essentially it talks about like the growth of the cocaine industry in the 80s Mm -hmm. and 70s in Miami, but these were Cuban immigrants figuring out how to build businesses, like literally having ledgers, like building out teams. And I'm like, if all of that knowledge could be translated to like true business, like the way so many people like get caught up in like illegal industries, but like have natural entrepreneurial mindsets, it's insane. So I wonder like, how can more people who are less privileged or less privy to these things, like, gain this knowledge? Like, where should they start looking and learning? Because I feel like there's so many smart people out there, but they just need to be guided in the right direction.
4: And it's so funny you use that example, because the hustle is the same to me. Right. I was like, you a hustler. I was, I was like, what a minute. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly
4: the same. Um, and so I think people really should do in terms of like finding different, find the thing that you're really passionate about, right? And find the things that actually interest you. Because if you're digging yourself into things that are of no interest to you, it's not going to make you any money because you're not even going to really want to work at it. A book that I listened to, and I don't want to misquote it, it's We Should All Be Billionaires. Um, and she talks about and she talks about the wealth mindset and she talks about finding your side hustle and how to completely turn it into mm-hmm a paid opportunity. And I feel like there's so many ways that people, I'm seeing more people do that. Um, But I also think about when people do that, ensuring that you set yourself up for your operational infrastructure so you can actually take it long-term. Because I see people launch things and they die all the time. I even see it in my industry with funds because no one thinks about the infrastructure that they need to truly make it a business. And so if you can marry those two things, you can really take off with
2: something. You said the book was called, We Should All Be Billionaires. I am going to find it. Yeah, we can confirm the title. But we talked about this on an episode recently. We were talking about like capitalism and socialism. And we were talking about how we really, there shouldn't be billionaires. Mm. What are your thoughts? Why? (laughs) Because it's inequitable. And why do some people get to have more than others? And can we disperse that wealth out?
0: Like, does anyone truly need a billion dollars?
2: So
4: it depends on what they're doing with it, right? So I do think that there's plenty of money for everybody to get a piece. And I don't think it needs to sit with a 1%. There's plenty of money out there to be made, to continue to be made. I do think that when you have incredibly wealthy people, it's what are they doing with their money? Are they starting businesses? Are they creating opportunities for others to generate wealth? Are they investing in entrepreneurs? Are they investing in real estate that's then going to drive the economy in certain areas? Are they investing in schools? Like, it's what are they doing with it? So I don't think that no one should be a billionaire, but I do think it's what they're doing with their money. And how are they creating, how are they creating an ecosystem for money to be made? instead of just sitting on it. And so if you have a smart billionaire, they're definitely creating an ecosystem because that's how they're gonna make more money. And so it's how do you get into that ecosystem, but then also how are they leveraging it? Are they just kind of keeping it within the 1% or are they really expanding how they use their money in order to impact others? And so that's the kind of billionaire I hope to be one day. Um, but you know, those are the ones that I definitely think are necessary because we need it for the economy to go around.
2: Mm. And then to go back to something else you mentioned about like you your corporate job, like you value that. Because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of a lot of discourse these days about like the nine to five is like less admirable than escape having your own your hustle. Nine to five. Everybody's saying escape the nine to five. I mean, listen, <laughs> I don't want to have a nine to five either. But to your point, the healthcare, I don't know, just what are your thoughts? Because I think people think it's like not as cool or interesting, and it, you know.
4: I mean, maybe not for some. I know what I need. I know I need stability. I need security. I need health insurance. I know that there's a certain. I know what my risk tolerance is, mm. right? And so I play to that. <laughs> uh, and I know who's like who I am responsible for taking care of, and so that's where I prefer to go. I really enjoy what I do right and so could I do this for smaller on my own? I absolutely could as an independent consultant, but then what am I giving up with that? Right. And so I like the stability I get from corporate. I like having a very I like the structure. I like being able to run my own team. I like that I can chase my career goals in my own way, but within a confines of a system that I've made work for me. Uh, And so I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the corporate kid. Um, But I also, I admire people who step out on faith and are entrepreneurs. I step out on faith in different ways. um, But I definitely admire that level of grind. And I think if I was younger, and maybe if I was single, and maybe if I didn't, maybe I would take some of those risks, but that's just not where I am. And what I also appreciate about the platform I created for myself in corporate is what I get to do for others. I get to be representative of black women that are not in a, that are primarily not in this space.
1: I also feel like there's something to the nine to five around like the hustle mentality that like, there's like a disconnect between like the entrepreneurial hustle mentality and the nine to five hustle mentality. Like, I feel like people think nine to five, and then you're just kind of like coasting, but it's like, network, meet people, learn things, take the free classes, get, go, get all, like suck everything out of these corporations. Like people don't even know the benefits that they have from their jobs or people would be scared to take a meeting with so-and-so because they're not on that team. And I'm like, excuse my French, but I'm like, fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> do, you need to do what you need to do and get everything you can out of this company so that when you are ready to go out on your own, like you've built a strong foundation. Like you should be hustling the nine to five, the same way you hustle for your own business.
4: I have been hustling my entire career and I have been in corporate the entire time Um, because it's so much exactly of what you're saying of what you get to take advantage of. It's the professional development. It's the resume building, right? So if I wasn't who I was at these firms that I've worked in, if I hadn't gained that experience, would I be as marketable as a board seat, as a board member, um, would I be able to leverage, you know, the network that I get from being in these rooms if I hadn't had these positions? And so I definitely think. And nine to five is a really nice term. I don't think I've ever started at nine and ever ended at five. Uh,
0: so,
4: uh, I appreciate that. That's cute, uh, but yeah, I'm like, Mm-mm, that's not happening at all.
2: Um, I just recently listened to this episode of. I don't know the name of the podcast, but it was on W. Oh, it was a New Yorker radio radio hour. And the special was called Returning to the Office While Black. Mm -hmm. And it was talking about how a lot of Black folks are thinking about the microaggressions that they're going to have to face when they go back into the office and just how much safer and better and comfortable they felt when they got to work from home. You're giving us a deep nod. <laughs> Wonder if you relate and also just anything you can share on just being a black woman, not only in corporate America, but in the finance space and any advice you could offer to our listeners.
4: Yes, and yes, and yes. So there was so it was definitely a completely different space working from home, a hundred percent. And there were things that I didn't recognize about myself uh, and defenses that I had that I didn't recognize that I completely let down being in my own home all day. Um, and absolutely to that point around the microaggressions, It's I get to turn my screen off and be done with y'all for a minute, right? And if I'm having a moment, if you have said something that comes across as a microaggression or just downright rude, you know. I can just shut off. I can turn that off and be fine. You don't have that capability in the office. Um, I will shut my office door and scream, uh, but (laughs) you can only do that for so long. Uh, You know, you just, you have to be on the entire time. And that is exhausting. Uh, And there were so many things that, especially during the time of the pandemic and everything that happened, during that timeframe of the levels of civil unrest and the visibility around what was happening to Black people in this country. Not that it was new, just the visibility around it was new or newer, I should say. And having to deal with that at home, I could not imagine having to be in office managing that. Being on the Zoom during that was difficult enough. And there were things that people said I had one person say to me, I had taken the day off after George Floyd off. And when I came back into the office or into the office, my first meeting, someone said, oh, how was your weekend? Like, what did you do on your day off? I was trying to contemplate how to keep my nephew and my son alive. Full stop. Because I had had lost the patience to figure out what to say to make this person feel better about the most ignorant comment I heard. Um but I could do that. I said that. I didn't know where that was going to land, but when the Zoom was over, I shut down <laughs> and I didn't have to deal with it. I couldn't have imagined being in the office having to deal with that.
0: I was also curious about, about Kip and your work with that program. I have a few friends who went through the program and me myself, I went to a boarding school, um, then to a PWI, and you speaking about your experiences of like you know, developing mechanisms of how to kind of navigate those sorts of spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wondered uh, your um, work with Kip and how you kind of help prepare students or, or what you're doing with that program. And for those of us that don't know, if you could just tell us about that program, because it it sounds like really amazing.
4: I love the work I do with KIPP. So KIPP, KIPP is a national organization. I focus on KIPP New Jersey uh, and KIPP builds free charter schools in lower income and economic, and I would say educationally starved areas. Uh, And they provide top-notch quality education for free. Uh, not only do they do that for the students that they serve, they create communities out of with the parents, and they also create communities with the teachers. Like they pay the teachers well and treat them well and help develop them so that they can be successful to the underlying students. And what I love about the program is that it is mostly focused on Black and Brown children. Um, And the community of support it creates with these children from the very second they are a part of KIPP through their high school careers with KIPP onto when they are in college and beyond. Uh, And so that level of support that they get from this network and the things that these teachers and administrators and staff do to take care of these babies is just phenomenal to me. And I love, 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 love working with them. And I love to see these are kids who look like my son and look like, and mm-hmm. one of the big things that I love about kids specifically New Jersey, specifically in Newark is the number of immigrant children that they serve. And so that's a huge deal for me because I know what it was like. My parents trying to figure out the education system here and public school versus private school and the sacrifice they had to make to send us to private school because public schools were awful and charters didn't really exist back then. Mm-hmm. And so now you have the opportunity to send your kid to a great school that's going to get them college ready. Uh, And, you know, what it's doing for the families is just
1: phenomenal.
2: But it sounds like just resource sharing and creating opportunities is, is so important to you. And you found ways to do that within your corporate career and outside of it and something that really guides you. And it's fantastic. And we appreciate you. Thank you for being here. I have one final, actually two final unrelated questions one <laughs> is it rice and peas or peas and rice because ah! we debate about this a lot in the group chat how are
0: you debating you're not part of the conversation
2: <laughs> as a true jamaican it's, you can tell it's us right now and,
0: it's rice and peas is rice and peas it's peas and rice for me <laughs> i'm sure it's different
2: it is different it is absolutely different yes, yes. <laughs> so we settled it here and now it's <laughs> everybody. It here first. You heard it here first. That's I'm it. dying the to know the second question closed. now that
1: that was the first. Yeah, what? <laughs> no, this
2: one's completely random because when Shana and I first spoke before doing this interview, she told me she was going to go see Jasmine Sullivan. Oh, she no. just won her Grammy for best of oh. the album. She made like Hotels is the album of my life. Just what was the <laughs> concert like? Because I missed uh-huh. it. It was so, she was so
4: phenomenal. I don't, she, her opener was great. And forgive me who the opener was. I generally don't remember. um, Because it was almost not needed. She was great to warm up the crowd. Absolutely. Beautiful voice. Don't remember who that was. But Jasmine blows. Oh my God. Just blows. And she. I love hotels. I love that album. It was just. She was just phenomenal.
1: I wanted to like highlight to all the listeners, black, white, whatever you may be, because so many people have questions around like, what is a black girl doing shit? And like, you epitomize it because it's like the bossiness in you, the hustle in you. But then you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I go to hotels, and you just like, <laughs> exactly. Just, I, I, I can't even describe doing it, for it the but kids. like, just all yeah, of it. it's like you do it for the kids. It just like embodies what I feel as a black girl doing shit. And I had to highlight that to you because I'm just like floored by how amazing you are.
4: Oh, my God. Thank <laughs> yes. you so much. Thank you so much. That that means a lot. That's, that means a lot.
2: She's God. like, what is that?
4: <laughs> I totally <laughs> forgot that
2: part. But you gave her her flowers in the most beautiful way. You know, it. I had to. You know, <laughs> I had to.
1: And wow, this was amazing. Y'all yeah, better take notes. Take notes thank
4: you again shayna great thank you guys so much for having me
2: of course thank you
0: for joining the group chat
2: what would you do okay girls we
0: have an interesting oh we
2: haven't done
1: that in so long i know i'm like is youtube gonna our youtube
2: All right, here we go. Hey, BGT, my name is Derek. I love the show. I'm a male listener and listening to you all really gives me perspective. So hopefully you can help me out with this. I was casually dating this woman for a year. I was definitely into her in the moments that we were on. But to be honest, I met someone else a few months back who I was into more. So I broke things off with the first girl. I can admit that I didn't handle it well. I probably blindsided her. And I also told her I wanted to end things for someone else. And when she asked me, like the real reason why I wanted to end it, I told her I didn't think she was emotionally mature enough, which was kind of BS. Anyway, two years, two weeks later, she texted me saying she had HPV and she was sure she got it from me since she hadn't slept with anyone else. I went and got tested and it turned out that I have HPV. So I guess she was right. Yesterday, she texted me and asked if I can give her $300 to cover her medical bills. (laughs) Do you think she's just being petty? Should I pay it? Oh no, child
1: are silent ah uh,
0: no <laughs> no what What do you get what happens when you get hpv you can get know, cervical can get
1: cancer but like <gasps> every, but a lot of people have hpv it's one of those things and we are going to have a gyn on in coming episodes so we can really clear this up so don't go using you know shoddy non-phd having ass but <laughs> it can lead to cervical cancer but a lot of people have hpv it can like lead to irregular paps but like it's one of those things where you could, you get it from a guy but like it's highly unlikely that he might know yeah they, have um, ne- they
2: never have symptoms very very, yeah. very rarely do they show symptoms that is terrifying kind of scary but i think um, it's one of
1: those things where it's like if he didn't know he had hpv and you opted to have unprotected sex it is not his responsibility to now agree pay for it in the same way that like if you had a yeast infection and now this man got a yeast infection and he calls you up talking about I mean I don't know what niggas take diflucan <laughs> there's nigga diflucan he calls you up like yo you gotta pay for my script
0: like imagine yeah no hell that would be know.
2: very whack actually I, 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 ooh.
0: that's imagine. strange she's she's odd to me I would not even ask that no That's not even I would be like, you have HPV. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. No, I would let him know for sure. No, I'm saying
1: like, maybe it's... Oh, yeah. Well,
0: I only slept with you and now I have it, so I'm sure you have it. You should check yourself out and that would be the end. That's actually mad weird that she asked him to pay for it. I mean, I'm going to say she's definitely having a
2: petty... It was definitely a petty moment when she sent the text. Yeah. She should... He should say No. Like, yeah, sorry, I'm so sorry about that. I don't know. It's tricky, though, because it's, this is definitely going to play on your guilt in some ways, even if you didn't know that you had it. Speaking to Derek, the fact that she has it and it's pretty sure that she got it from you, I'm sure you're feeling in part like you are responsible, even though you had no idea. So I could see why somebody would want to pay because of that guilt. And, we don't. and maybe it would like elite thinking, but that's the $300 is never going to like solve for the fact that now she has this thing that she's gonna have forever so oh you have it forever yeah
1: most people have hpv but most people have hpv
2: there's a line on girls would you know and they say that most adventurous women do lena dunham says oh did did y'all watch girls
1: yeah
2: it was like a whole thing she's like i have hpv it's like one of the early episodes and then
1: like jessa
2: is like most women do, and then
1: HPV infections are very common. Nearly everyone will get HPV at some point in their lives.
2: Well, I got Gardasil. I got hey, the. Sh- wasn't it like three rounds of shots?
0: Yeah, and it hurt your arm. I got that the- one. I wanna be
2: one and then less. Ne- and then my doctor died, which is oh really sad. God. But then I never got the rest of my shots, so I have one HPV shot floating <laughs> around in my body. So morbid, I know. It was bad one. It's really sad, actually. And then you've never had a replacement doctor? <laughs> I don't know. There was, like, all this time had passed, and then I was just like, does it make sense to get another shot at this point? Okay,
1: I didn't know that there know. was an oral HPV, just, just but a, that's only recovering. 7% of people have oral HPV.
0: Is this the same thing as, like,
2: like herpes <laughs> you about to ask something? No, about... no 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 oh. no i don't think you ever have do women what kind of you know what we don't know what to
0: are about we obviously need a so... doctor to talk to us about stds we oh well i guess some of the symptoms STDs. of
2: hpv
1: could include the appearance of warts that may vary in size
2: oh my god no mm. but it's many so cases of
1: hpv do not cause symptoms but it and can the great cancer. majority of hpv infections resolve by themselves without treatment but other types of HPV can cause cancers, including oropharyngeal, cervical, anal, penile, vaginal, and vulvar cancers. Mm. Um, okay, so let's. Does she, this, the, oh. does she have the Does she have the wart kind? Because maybe then I might want some money.
2: Yeah. Well, what if you? Okay. But you can I mean, want money, totally money all different.
0: you want. He doesn't have to pay you
2: because he, he didn't know. I guess, but, but he yeah. didn't know. Okay. What if somebody gives you like? Sanaria or herpes, and they knew or some shit. No, if
0: you know, I'm pretty sure that's. A I think crime. you can go to court. I think <laughs> yeah. you can take somebody. To court. I'm beating the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah, if you know you're giving me some shit knowingly, oh, I'm calling the Crip cousins. <laughs> God, I every just time, time you say like- the Crip
2: cousins, I think they're the <laughs> <like> gross sisters. <laughs> Similar.
1: <laughs> I just have to take a moment and pray Loom. for all the times I had unprotected sex and I somehow came out unscathed. Thank you, God.
0: Thank you, God. Wait, so you guys want to hear something crazy? <laughs> I don't even think I've ever talked about it on the show. Or maybe I never even told you guys. But I remember when I was going through my little phase of being single and, you know, doing the do. Um, <laughs> one of the guys, I guess he like found like a, a bump or something on his thing and he called don't me and like thing. i think i have herpes and i was like oh, does <laughs> that mean i have it and then i started like googling and it's like yeah like it's a skin to skin thing and then you know like google I remember like, this story. you so much yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and then i and but i was also sleeping with someone else and i was like shit like i'm i have been passing this around to oh, no. the skin to <laughs> skin <laughs> but yeah it turns out it was not He right. i yes. had a razor bump correct and <laughs> and I'm hair. glad that and
2: he had uh, hair
0: no but the thing is it's the, good
2: the, that he alerted you though
0: he alerted me and the, he actually was he was like a wealthy guy and he was like I'm gonna schedule an appointment to see a therapist um I can pay for years too like if you if you if it turns out that you have it like see look okay look at this but it was like a person that different, was like my friend
2: different kind of approach but he also
1: no, he didn't know. Yeah, that's interesting.
2: That's interesting. You know, interesting. Damn, Damn, that's an that, interesting
0: approach. He threw a uh
1: monkey in the wrench. Wrench in the monkey? Monkey wrench?
0: It's a monkey wrench. No, it's he different threw- because we had a relationship. He clearly does not care about this girl. Damn.
2: I hope though at the very least, Derek, when she told you that she had the HPV, that you Do you say the name? Consulted. His name is Derek. He oh. said his name is Derek. Okay. That you consult that you consoled her. Or something, Because I'm sure that's very scary Even though we're over here saying that People, yeah. everybody Shade's has, making it, it, seem like everyone has it But you start it's talking it. about cervical cancer And you start freaking out You know?
0: STDs are actually so fucking scary They're pretty scary Um, I don't think he needs to console her No? Maybe maybe be kind to her no, like, but not kinds. console her like, And also be kind. I think definitely her tell her Like I'm so sorry I did not know I have this Yeah with that that be too. very clear that like i wasn't going around swinging Can you email HPV? back and let us know
1: is it the work kind
0: that's none of our damn business Shadi. i'm just, <laughs> i just want to know i just want to know
1: if she's being dramatic
0: like well it's still so scary even if someone even if you find out that you have fucking asthma that's like I a think new I thing i have hbv or had i don't know like i'm like i thought you what? said it doesn't go away
1: i know i thought it didn't no, go away they but said i guess it goes, goes away. away
0: oh it does go away oh so most just cases medicine.
1: No, it's not even like a medicine. It self-corrects.
0: thing.
2: self corrects Yeah. Damn, so they resolve themselves it without Could've treatment.
0: Okay, we need to have a doctor on here. This is really <laughs> <humiliating. laughs> None I, of
1: us know what the hell we're talking about. I didn't about. know about the wart kind of HPV. I know about the HPV that like every nigga got that she shit. She say wart kind it
0: coming and going. <laughs> I do not have it. <laughs> no i got Gardasil oh
2: because you had the Gardasil yeah i think, I think my one shot one like is holding me down <laughs> <laughs> nah. is that what they say one less about it,
1: that was not the campaign i want to be one less
0: i just remember my doctor like convincing my mom to give me that shot and she was like no i don't think so I, I, and I then the like, same thing happened to me it was months like months later is finally she like gave me the shot and i was like ow my
2: arm my arm oh. <laughs> it, hurt. it hurt. very bad. I was like, I do my homeopath's
1: Ass mom was like, no, we're not, <laughs> we're not doing that. And whole time, I would lie to my doctors,
2: like, yeah, yeah, I got it.
1: <laughs> I never get it. Mess.
2: All right. Well, here's up. Chelsea, take us out. Well,
0: thanks for listening to another episode of Black Girls Texting, where we let you into our messy little crazy group chat, where we don't even know shit about STDs my name is chelsea this is Shadé, and that is glenn and also we have new merch which by the way guys the new merch is the better quality merch suggest you get the new merch but if you want the og merch it's also on our website um and we have a twitter black girls text one we have a youtube black girls texting if you want to listen but also watch and patrons mm, there's some juicy stuff on that